number two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Hope you're well on a Monday. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. I'm Jeff. That's Tom, Director Matthew in house. Roll on. We go Florida State football back tomorrow. Irish Chappelle joins us this hour. Jeff Cameron Show and War Chant's Golf Tournament. This Friday, really looking forward to that as well. Saturday, the spring game, we'll do a pregame show, 1 o'clock. Hotel Indigo. So a reminder there, if you want to swing on by and uh, say hello. Good times abound as we get set for the spring showcase. Florida State, um, again, as I said, we'll be at practice tomorrow. I'll get an opportunity to take in these final days. It's been kind of fun. It really has been fun. So much so that I just caught myself during the break. How geared up I am. Of course, we play Sunday, September the 3rd, Tom. So then I worked backwards from there. And I was just checking out the the lineup for that first week of the season. (laughs) I literally was. I wanted to see, oh, what all are we going to be watching that week? There's a couple of good games on Saturday, but it's not like there are six or seven, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. it, It is weird. You have. So leading up to that, by the way. I don't know if you know this, Saturday, August the 26th is the first college football game. It's Hawaii and Vanderbilt. And you got a San Jose State and USC, and then you have a right there where we'll be in a year, Aviva Stadium, Dublin, Ireland, Navy, and Notre Dame are playing. And then you have a whole bunch, well, you have some other games that, listen, right around the time those games kick off, we'll be so starved that we'll, we'll, probably find a way to make Ohio and San Diego State interesting or UTEP and Jacksonville State or UMass and New Mexico State or Florida International and Louisiana Tech. It's called gambling. We'll do it. We'll Well, make them interesting. There's a way. There's always a way. Absolutely. But if you get into that first week, so so that Thursday, August 31st, just like throwing it out there, everybody, you have... Nebraska, Minnesota, and Florida, Utah. Florida, Utah at Utah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. Salt Lake City. Let's go. I'm excited for that game, Tom. It's a big weekend for the Gator offense out of the state of Florida. <laughs> they don't ever go out of the state of Florida no. for a non-conference game. No. There's a couple Friday night games. Louisville and Georgia Tech. Stanford and Hawaii. Ooh, I know. Ooh. Stanford, Hawaii, maybe. Louisville Tech. Miami and uh, that's Miami of Ohio and the University of Miami is on that Friday. All right. Howard and Eastern Michigan. Which one's winning? I could see the people complaining on social media about the graphics. But then you're right. Then it gets it's slim pickets. You do get a South Carolina, North Carolina in that opening weekend, like you're talking about. You do get uh, Virginia and Tennessee. Okay. Hmm. All right. Could be could be interesting. I'm not riveted by that. Washington State, Colorado State. I, <laughs> Tom's like, Boy, eh, maybe. For North Carolina, South Carolina, all the pressure is on Mac Brown. Mm, yeah. you got a quarterback who is going to be hyped, and rightly so, as a top five pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Yeah, he's a stud. The pressure is on you to win that football game. Yeah, I don't disagree. Colorado and TCU, so Dion debuts on the road against TCU. Well, I don't, it, yes, in Fort Worth. Might as well be a TCU homie. So there you go. You got that. Colorado and TCU. 
And uh, I mentioned Boise State and Washington, which I like. And then, I, I don't know why I'm doing this. I just did it. I couldn't help myself. We were sitting there in the break, and I was thinking about the spring game. I was thinking about our team. I was thinking about where we rank. I was thinking, oh, what, what other good games are there this weekend? And then, you know, obviously I get to us on that Sunday, LSU and Florida State. There's a Monday game, and we can all dare to dream that the electric atmosphere is September the 4th on a Monday at Wallace Wade Stadium, where Duke is hosting Clemson. A lot of our fan base will root for Clemson to win that game no matter what because they want us to play at Clemson with college game day there. Is it actually at Wallace Wade? Because sometimes those are the Chick-fil-A games where they have a Saturday Monday. It's listed at Wallace Wade. Wow. I don't know if okay. they – I could Listen, it says Wallace Wade Stadium, Durham, North Carolina, when you click on if you want to get tickets. How about that? And you can get tickets for a cool $79 right now. They might actually draw over 18000 of that game. There you go, Duke. Yeah, so there, that's what you got. That's what you have a little bit of a – but you know what? I kind of feel like Duke's going to play well. Light game is going to be kind of close. Hang in there for me, Duke. Let's electrify the night at Wallace Wade. A nice, they had a fine campaign at Duke last year. I'm going to say this word with an M, mm. M, but Duke likes to muck it up defensively. That's what they, they like to do. Yeah. And week ones are weird. So I agree with you. That could be 17-10 third quarter. Yes, I kind of feel like it's going to be. I kind of feel like it's going to be. Hmm. What to expect this Saturday? What to expect this week from Florida State? Kind of interesting. I I, I don't know. You know, obviously they're not going to go hardcore this week leading up to the spring game. We had a chance, obviously, to go to last Thursday's practice inside the Doe Campbell Stadium and, and on Bobby Bowden Field. That was fun. I enjoyed that. But once again, the defense kind of ruled the day, and I feel like defense is way ahead right now. Uh, the defensive line is just a handful if you don't have all your guys up front. They really are a problem. Yeah, and it's much easier, I think, to cross-train at defensive line than it is offensive line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, that's my number one concern. You listed things that were concerns at linebacker. That's the, the top dog. Yeah, I don't – I'm, I'm, I, that's not a great situation. <laughs> You listed number two at receiver. This is based on Ira's three two one. That's on Warchant.com. Right He's going to be joining us this hour. I'll throw it out there to him. Backup center, or or starting or center. Or starting center. If, center, if yeah. you can, you know, if you could take the job, Maurice was going to lose it last year to Caden Lyles. We thought. We but thought. then, but then Cade started, and he was already better than Caden. But so that, that was interesting. That was the talk. It, yes, I agree. Once we saw Camp, it wasn't that way at all. But. Just the way we discussed it in the Warchant Top 40 and most pundits looked at this situation in the offseason, you've got a large body type from the Big Ten versus Maurice Smith. The large body type from the Big Ten is going to be the starter. Yeah. Then they get out there and they practice and you say, well, I think 53 is going to be the guy. Lyles gets hurt and then it's a moot point. This year, well, Roddick coming in, Pac-12, he's 20-some-odd years old, much larger. They, he says he's going to come in, that the coaches talked to him about playing at center or guard. Going to take the job. Maurice just isn't large enough. Ah, man, after spring, Maurice Smith is the starting center unless something happens in fall camp. That, I, that's the way I would come out of spring. Well, I would spend every waking second making sure that Roddick snapped the ball this offseason. Uh, they, they've got to – he needs to win the job. That body type, that size, that he, he needs to win the job. Now, we'll see. I mean, if you can't snap, you can't snap. And if he can't do it, then he can't play center. So, yes, it may very well be that, once again, Maurice fins it off. And I like Maurice, and I think it's an impressive thing that he's done. And he's his solid. size to somehow yeah. 
outstanding, but he's just not an elite center. But he's a solid player, and that's more than you can say right now for the options they're trying to cultivate as as either a backup or a replacement. Yeah. And so Alex Atkins should hide on campus throughout the summer semester, and if Casey Roddick is walking by, say, the Union, he pops out from behind a tree, and he says, take the ball, son, snap the ball. Here we go. What do we got? What do we got? And then if he's over by Williams, there's Alex Atkins just waiting <laughs> behind behind the vendor cart. Yeah. And he tosses him the ball. Come on. Let's go, Casey. What do you got? What do you got? Snap the ball. When you're a kid and you're, you know, you want to be, let's say, a basketball player, one of the things that, you know, when you're obsessed with basketball, I bring this up because my oldest is uh, obsessed. You know, I, I tell him all the time, like, well, you, you need to take the ball with you. When you go down to your friend's house around the corner, dribble. On your way there, dribble. Work on things. Work on your handles. Spend time with the ball in your hand doing those things over and over and over again to where you're, it's just unconscious. Subconsciously, you're just able to do things. You don't, you don't have to think about them at all. You can look straight ahead and never look down at the ball and dribble between your legs behind your back and do all those things you need to do. That's what I would be telling him. Here's a football. Never leave home without it. Snap to that tree. Snap to that light pole. Snap. You got to start snapping, son. Put your trash can in front of the yeah. refrigerator. And when you get takeout and you finish that takeout, you snap the takeout, bank it off of the refrigerator into the snap, trash can. Snap, 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 and snap some more. Briley asked a question that I thought is a good one. I see it. About the offensive line chemistry and, and what we attribute. I'd be interested to get your opinion because I believe this spring camp, you've watched more trench play than I have. I have. What percentage of the defense winning at practice is attributable to time of year? Defense is always ahead of offense is what he's referencing there. And offensive line chemistry versus what percentage is defensive improvement from last year? Well, you know, I also think there's a third factor in that, Briley, and that is that uh, when you go against the same offense every single day and you know the playbook, they know what's coming. They We give it away in a lot of ways to those guys because they've seen the setup over and over and over and over again. So that is also a built-in advantage. Uh, they can cheat. They can kind of cheat. Remember the, uh, the the flea flicker play? Yeah. From the LSU game. They yeah. ran that to, I mean, my God. Yeah. Then there was in the Citrus Bowl. Didn't we run the, the Noel special little two-point play? We ran yes. it last year. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, believe yeah. it was that game. That play last fall camp was run once or twice a day. And, and, and the defense would just jump it. I mean, they, would all just, they would all just jump it. They wouldn't respect anything else. <laughs> it yeah. was completely, I mean, shot yeah. to hell. When they, you can never execute it. I wonder what we're going to run here. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was, and you watch all these guys absolutely break every rule of containment. Everything like they're just like, I'm going right here because that's where the ball is going. And it's also like in the trenches, specifically to Briley's question, when yeah. they do some of these combo drills or run game drills, you know it's a run. So if you're a you, linebacker, yes. you're just getting downhill. That's not a good indicator yeah. of whether or not that you diagnosed and then you got to the place first. It's the run game drill for crying out loud. Yeah, no. I, okay, so I think the defensive line is very much improved. And if you want percentages, uh, what percentage of the defense winning at practice is attributed to the time of year and offensive line chemistry versus what percentage is defensive improvement? I'd say it's 60-40 time of year OL chemistry. They've had guys out. They also haven't had Jordan play a whole lot. I mean, Jordan practices. But, you know, from what we can tell in the scrimmages, when he plays – he moves the ball. When he's out, they sputter and struggle. And, you know, I mean, he just hasn't been out there all that much. The defense has won a larger percentage of the time. Yeah, I think the other part is just when you're calling plays in spring, 
you already know what you can do. So I think you're you're more apt to experiment. Yeah, you work on things and define what you can or cannot do. You're also testing your personnel. So for offense, that's a hell of a lot harder than defense. Yeah. So you gotta all, have chemistry with that. For all of these reasons, the defense should be doing what they're doing to a degree. Now, to what percentage would you assign that they've improved? Oh, I think they'll just physically looking at a guy like Farmer yeah. or looking at a guy like yeah. Daryl Jackson being added into the fold. If you look at Braden Fish, now he has not been able to get on those line drills and, and play physically in pads and do those things. He's, he's been observed in a green jersey yeah. walking into practice. Yeah, and, well, and, a, he, yeah. and he's worked out yep. every day. He, I, I've actually, side note here on Braden Fisk, that dude has worked incredibly hard every day that he's been out there for a guy that can't get in there and mix it up. He is really, I mean, I've been very impressed. That's hard to do when you know you're not going to be involved in any meaningful drills and you're doing cone drills and things like that. He's out there busting it now. And you've played a ton of football? Yeah. Not every player who's played a ton of football will go all out in the spring. No, he's done Period. a good job trying to get himself in shape. He looks great. If he if he's half as good as he looks in terms of the effort he gives and his body type and all that, he's going to be a really good player for, for Florida State's defensive line, without question. And I'm eager to see him in the fall. That's just one more problem for this offense to have to worry about, blocking another guy like that. And Fabian's looked great. So, you know. I think the hard part here is it's tough to determine how improved they are in the offensive line, just aptitude with the different bodies. You know, we were so used to Dylan being the anchor at left guard for a couple of years and Maurice would be in and out, but uh, he's mm -hmm. in the center and Darius would, you know, work in there. Then there were guys like Dimitri Emanuel, who we still don't know what the hell's going on in his situation, but he could be a right guard for you, a starting right guard. With all of these new guys, it's hard to give a concrete answer to that question. Yeah. I think they're better. I know they're larger. I know they're more athletic. So for those two reasons, I think they're better on the offensive line. At which point I'd say if the defensive line can beat a better offensive lineman, that means by nature that they've improved. But it's just hard to know because they go against each other every day. So the guess here is that when you just lay eyes upon these defensive linemen and these offensive linemen, if you have not been watching videos or anything like that, and even if you have, it's very different in person. So for people coming to the spring game that have not had a chance to look at this offensive and defensive line, I think that's the first thing you're going to take away is, oh, we're a lot bigger. Like, that, like just a simple on the hoof, you know, what does this team look like getting off the bus? You're going to go, oh, wow. Because that's the first thing that stands out is how much sheer mass they now have in the trenches. Before, it was a guy here or there, so much so that they were outliers, and you looked at him and went, man, that dude's huge. But he stood out in a way that he doesn't now. Now there could be a whole host of guys. There could be seven guys standing there between the offensive and defensive line after a play is over, and you're going, Every one of those dudes, big some bitch. I mean, they're all big, and that's that's the that's the thing that's exciting. That's the thing where you know you see the practice photos. I know Gene was in the stadium last week taking photos from the stadium, so we have different sets of things to work with for our content on Warchant.com. Yeah, yeah. Jared Verse, in terms of being in physical condition, is in outstanding physical condition. Correct. And in terms of the photos, he translates like some of the guys we've had over the years. Uh, Ernie Sims was one of them, Nigel Bradham, sure, oh yeah. Christian Jones, and so forth. But that doesn't mean that he's massive relative to the other guys in the trenches. He's large. 
but he is not Jermaine Johnson compared to the trenches in the mm-hmm, past few mm-hmm, years. To your point. Yeah. Like Jermaine Johnson was playing end. You would think the guys that are in the interior are larger than him. They kind of weren't. They kind of weren't. Jared is a large NFL bound body type. And yet, when he is with his segment mates and when he is lined up against that offensive line, he can sometimes get lost in the sea of bodies because they've got a lot of large ones. Yeah, it's the from day one. Uh, and and we've gone in here on this show and talked about it ever since that first day where I went, whoa, look at that dude. Look at that dude. And look at that dude. It went on and on and on and on. And and that's I do that every time we go to practice, which is twice a week through the entirety of camp. You go out there, you're like, Whew, they've got some they've got some dudes now. They've got some hosses. That's uh, it's really encouraging. The only time I look at them and feel a sense of disappointment is when I watch the linebackers. And that's the only time that I kind of go, well, all right. Is that right? Didn't know that. Yeah, I'm disappointed when I watch them. The wide receivers, I don't get disappointed in. I just say, all right, well, I'd like to have another guy. Need another one that I can go, that's the guy. That's number two. There's your two. Winston Wright's going to intrigue the hell out of me when we get to the fall. I really think they've brought him along very slowly. That's fine. I feel like this has been just ease your way back in, you know, okay. And that makes sense. You're going to need him. But he's he could be a critical figure in all this. Well, and also, I think the spring game is critical for him on Saturday, too. How much do they turn him loose? How comfortable does he look in that setting? Like he's He's been there, and he's done that. He said it himself when he was available earlier in the spring, you know, when he got hit. How did it feel? I'm a football player. I get hit. It's no big deal. But there is the butterfly factor that happens with a spring game. It's anticipated. We think it's not going to be a nothing crowd. It's not going to be 80,000 strong, but no, it's going to be no. a decent-sized crowd. And last year, there were a couple of players who stood out in the spring game that translated to the fall. First guy was Micah Pittman. He yep. got hurt early on, but then he came back, played very tough. The other was Trey Benson. Trey Benson took, for the little segment of time, there was a possession where I think he might have gotten five out of six touches. Yeah. And you just saw it. Yeah, you got you excited. Knew yeah. That dude is different. So it's is Winston Wright allowed to do something like that? On Saturday. So to put a ribbon on this, you know, Briley, you, you think that Lundy looks much quicker and Deloach looks like he's taking a step. I don't think Deloach looks any better than he did. Um, he looked really good for the first half of the season last year before whatever ailed him ailed him and he slowed way down. I think he's maybe 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 back to being what he was more the first half of the yeah, season, the second good, half of the season. He had a good Thursday. Yeah. So he's 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 fine. Uh Lundy doesn't do anything for me. Uh, as a player, I think he's just an okay player. Um, when we talk about this that situation, it's less about those guys being like, you know, I'm not trying to knock their effort or anything like that because that, that effort has been there. And many of those guys have put themselves in better positions from standpoint of changing their bodies and being, um, you know, more physically fit and getting the most out of what they have. But when we talk about the high-end ability – Linebacker's not a spot where you would start talking about guys that have upper echelon elite level ability. You'd say, of the guys we have, these two or three seem to be the best, which is a lot different than looking at a group and going, my goodness, they've got three NFL players there. You, you just don't do that when you look at our linebacking core. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com for what it's worth it is the time where we will begin to enter seasons of lists it's not quite that time yet it is for college football i guess but the NBA playoffs are starting, NHL playoffs are starting, Major League Baseball well underway. All these things mean we can hold off list season for a little while. But I saw where Pro Football Focus decided to rank the top 25 coaches in college football ahead of this 2023 campaign. Have you read that story, Tom? No, but I did see a graphic that was done by our department reflecting where our head coach was listed. So I won't tell the people, but I know the answer to it. Just behind Dave Clawson at Wake Forest is where he resides, ahead of Jonathan Smith at Oregon State, as well as Matt Rule now at Nebraska. Obviously, Matt Rule had tremendous success in college. He rebuilt a Temple program and a Baylor program that is a pretty impressive college resume. So the fact that he'd be ahead of Matt Rule is, is pretty impressive. But there's only 25 of them. And Mike came in at 23. I don't know, man. Eh, you know, these things are somewhat arbitrary. You have to do the balancing act of, like, are you doing more with less? Is Mac Brown ahead of him? That's my only question. Uh, Mac Brown's not on the list. I did not see Mac Brown on this list. Saw Josh Heupel. Saw Luke Fickle. Saw Ryan Day and Kyle Whittingham. Saw Lincoln Riley. But, uh, yeah, we'll go back through this, but there will be some that you go, oh, come on, man, that's ridiculous. And then there will be others, you go, yeah, okay, okay. The Clawson, Six in one, half dozen the other. When you said Clawson was ahead of him by one, I was like, well, can't take issue with that. It's hard to get mad at Dave Clawson. Tenth season at Wake Forest for old Dave Clawson, and he is over 500 at Wake after that disastrous campaign where he had the worst offensive line in college football. Remember that? And he even called him as one, which is hilarious. All right, let's go. Uh, let's talk to my man, Irash Fell, Warchant.com. He joins us every Monday. He's doing so right now. Hello, Ira. How's it going, Jeff? Yeah, man, I, I'd totally forgotten about that uh, that early offensive line at Wake Forest for Dave Claus. Woo! Uh, I, I, I never – that, during that season, if you had told me they would go on to uh, become a, a perennial 10-win power – in the ACC, I would never have believed it. It is kind of crazy, right? If you think about it, yeah, and I know this is not Wake Forest Radio, but 
He's he's six games over five hundred, and at Wake Forest, in his first two seasons, they won like a couple of games because they couldn't block you and me. <laughs> terrible. Um, and he's gone whatever he's gone nineteen and eight over the last two years. He finished inside the top fifteen of the AP poll for the first time in school history back in twenty twenty one. He's done a lot of good things there. All right, so this team figures to finish inside the. Top 15 of the uh, AP poll this year does Florida State, at least projects that way. And Mike Norvell, after those two losing seasons, year three breaks through for 10 wins. And we have lofty expectations. And every um, week I ask you about them, we go out there to practice together. I saw your 3-2-1. It was really good. Uh, I think you're right on, by the way, the way you started that in looking back and uh, using the Mike Norvell quote in which he said, when your best players are improving, it's exciting. He's talking about Jordan Travis first and foremost, definitely. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, we're out there every day, which is, you know, a great luxury. It's, it's awesome that we're able to do that. And, I, and, and so fans can hear what we say and the things we, we talk about. But I think we, we probably take it for granted a little bit. And, and I, you know, from the standpoint of if the, if the fans hear us talk about Jordan Travis or Johnny Wilson or Jared Verse or, or a few other players as well that are at that upper, upper tier, and they hear us say, well, they're really good players or they're having a good day, I would imagine a lot of fans kind of envision that as, okay, that's what they looked like at the end of last season or that's what they looked like at their, at their best moments last season. But I really think some of those guys are, are a lot better than they were then, and that says a lot. You know, I mean, Johnny Wilson, he's, I, I mean, I just I can't imagine there's many receivers in the country that are much better than him. Um, and obviously the same goes for Jordan Travis and Jared Verse, and, and, and like I said, a couple other guys on that team. So um, that's exciting, and I think it, it's something we, we probably should remember because uh, it's easy to take it for granted. Yeah, it is, and uh, I thought it was good that you pointed that out, and, uh, you know, you, you wanted to kind of begin to comb through the rest of the roster and see who he's talking about, and, you know, I think on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned Verse already, but – I, I do think Fabian Lovett might be included in that, and I'm glad you threw in Renardo Green, who now we kind of take for granted as just being pretty consistent over there at corner. Yeah, and Fabian's a, another perfect example is, is a guy that, you know, we we know that he should be a really good player, but how much did he get to show it last year? Not much, really, yeah. Only the LSU game, really. I mean, you know, and he was, he was a good player. He played in seven games, but he was never really the same guy other than that LSU game. And, and I think, you know, now when you look at him as healthy and, Look at Jared Versus healthy. I mean, Jared Verse again, a nine sacks, was first team all ACC in the conference, was a candidate for defensive player of the year in the conference, and probably was never really that healthy. I mean, I think if he's looked better this spring than probably almost any time he did last season. And so, you know, again, that's just really exciting for a team that, you know, returns so much depth, returns so much experience, brings in a lot of new players, some of whom have played at a high level, but then you add into it your elite players maybe even taking another step. So I love the idea that we go into the fall after this spring game this weekend, and we really just don't know who the starting five for that offensive line is going to be. But in the article, when for those that haven't read it, go to warchant.com and see RS321. When you list out, you know, people forget, I sometimes do too until I read it in something like that, that Robert Scott has missed this entire spring and, he was your starting left tackle. Um, you know, the depth of this offensive line is such that I can say comfortably that there's no guarantee Robert Scott comes back and starts. He might, but he's not guaranteed of that. That's how many good players they have, and they may have somebody pushing him. 
Yeah, it almost feels like that competition is going to be waged in preseason camp. Like, right now, I think this, this spring has been great for immersing a lot of the returning players, excuse me, a lot of the transfers, some of the younger players, giving all of them opportunities to kind of immerse themselves in the language, in this offense, and kind of prepare for that battle that we're going to see in preseason camp. But we're not going to really see that battle play out until then. And I mean, I've been, you know, I think we're all impressed by Jeremiah Byers. We knew he was going to be a talent based on what he had done at UTEP. I think Casey Roddick has been better than I expected as a lineman. You know, I didn't know that, you know, I just didn't know, you know, Pac-12 kind of offensive lineman. I didn't know if he'd be powerful. I didn't know how, uh, how, you know, if he was up to this level or not. And I think he clearly is. Now, whether or not, he, can he be a center, though? Or does he need to be a guard? I, mean, I think he's played some tackle in the past in his career. Bless Harris is a guy I kind of forgot about because he only started the season opener last year. Yeah. But but he's been really good in this spring. I mean, every time I watch him in one-on-one reps or even some team reps, I think he looks really good. And then you kind of go down the line. You got Maurice Smith back, Robert Scott back. You might have Demetri Emanuel back. And you bring in, um, you know, uh, Keandre Jones from Auburn. And you've got Julian Armella coming up. And so that's what's fun about that group is there. You've said it several times. I mean, there's probably 10, 12 guys in that group that you could probably put in a hat. And a lot of them could end up starting. Uh, but I, but I don't know that we're going to know the answers until preseason camp. Think about the tackle fight. Robert Scott, in my mind, bless Harris, Julian Armella, Jeremiah Byers. That's a battle. You got two spots and I just named four guys, right? So, I mean, that, that is a battle to see what happens with those two spots. That's why I say you could see, yeah, you won't see an entirely new offensive line, but you could certainly see three of the five, maybe four of the five, as new starters. Uh, it wouldn't yeah. shock you. Yeah, no, exactly. And in, in fact, you know, somebody responded to my column on, on our message boards, and they said, well, you didn't really talk about Keandre Jones as a likely starter. That must mean he's not in the mix. And, and and I came back and I said, no, that's not really what it means. I mean, he could be, but I just felt like I had to stop somewhere. Yeah. You know, like, like, I mean, I could see a scenario. I mean, look, if Casey Roddick could get to where he can be a competent center. Snap the ball. And, yeah. and, and see he can beat out Maurice Smith. And then if you had Keandre Jones next to him, I think that would be, man, you talk about some humanity there. That yes. would be really impressive. Now, I think I'm putting my money still on Maurice Smith. I'm still sticking with Maurice. So I think I would give the nod to Casey Roddick at the, at the guard next so over Keandre Jones, but it could it could certainly work out a different way. And and again, man, it's just you know the last couple of years, you really the last I don't know five six years. Well, shoot, three or four years ago, you didn't feel good about the starters, but the last you know year or two, it was like okay, if these starting five or six guys can hang on and stay healthy, we've got a chance to be okay. Well, now it's been that's not it's not that question anymore. Now it's who could be the best of the best? And there's a lot of options. So a couple of things will reveal um, the answer to this question, but you asked the question, do the Knowles still need to tap into the portal? I think we both think they do. I, I think they need to go get one or two guys, right? If if there is the right guy that can return punts and maybe fulfill a role as the two or three uh, wide receiver in that grouping, you would do it if it's the right guy, wouldn't you? I don't know, man. Well, it depends. It really, it, so much of this is going to depend on what's available. And, and because now it's not about just filling roles. This is going to be a lot harder this time of year than it was last year or the year before, the year before that. I mean, last year, 
I mean, they took flyers on some guys during the summer, Jason Turnatine and, uh, you know, other guys that they, they took during the uh, Marcus Cushney two years ago and a couple other guys. Oh, that was were, terrible. Uh, the the cornerback last year they brought in from from um, yeah Alabama yes State yeah and in, in, in Feaster, um, so they've taken some flyers at guys in the summer last year and the year before that I don't think is going to be the case to me the only the only way because they're gonna they're still trying to create half space so to, to bring <laughs> in somebody bring in somebody at this point I think it's going to have to be somebody who can make an impact either a linebacker maybe safety or defensive end and then yeah maybe punt returner. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like they've got enough options um, that they that they have to feel like it's something's going to pay off there. But but yeah, not a lot of um, not a lot of sure things. Uh, so that could be a, con- a consideration. Yeah, and I agree with you that this time around, when they comb the uh, transfer portal and and they're looking for you know one or two or three players, whatever the number is, they're not going to settle on a guy just to throw a body at the problem. They're going to have to find a guy that, like this guy very specifically can come in and give us something we need, either added quality depth in which he's going to play, but he might not be a starter, or he's just an outright slam dunk. This guy is a plug-and-play dude as a punt returner. Or, right. you know, if they got lucky, it's hard to find certain guys. Like, you know, there's certain positions are harder to find in the portal than others. Like, I think they should bring in a linebacker. I think they need to bring in a linebacker. But I'm not going to bring in any old linebacker. I'd want to bring in a linebacker that I know can play and he will be part of this rotation and a significant one at that. Otherwise, I'm not going to waste my time with it. You know, I I, I agree with you. They've got to be pretty selective. Yeah. yeah, especially, I mean, look, if you could get a frontline starter yeah. in one of those positions, that would be one thing. But if you can't do that, Okay, well now they've got to be clearly better than an Omar Graham and a Brendan Gant. They've got to be clearly better than mm-hmm. uh, tra- uh, Duke Cooper at safety or Travis Jay at safety. These are you, you're, you're not taking flyers. You have to take proven things. And now punt returner that could be a luxury where I might say, okay, you know what? If there's a guy out there that can be a difference maker at wide at punt returns, not just probably not even just what Micah Pippen was last year, but somebody who really could change a game maybe. Yeah. Now now that might change your math a little bit. But I don't know that that's what you're looking for when you go into the portal. How many guys you think ride at the end of this spring? Oh, man, I, I'd say somewhere in the neighborhood of four. Uh, could, if I put the line at four, I don't, I would probably go over. But well, I, but set, set, set it at four and a half, Iris. Set it at four and a half. So we. <laughs> That's where we want to put it. Yeah, we'll put an engaging four and a half there. I think I'm going to go. Mm. Oh, that's tough. I, I think I'm going to go over. All right. I think I'm going to take right. five. I think I'm going to take five guys are out. Um, well, a couple of them they need to usher out, and then a couple of others that might just surprise you because they're frustrated. With that one, we, it's hard to predict. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I just said, you know, listen, if somebody's been in this program for three or four years now, and they're not clearly on but on the second team at this point. Take it on down the road. It might be time to find a place to play because this roster is not getting poorer. You know, this roster is continuing to get better, and I, I think that's going to continue. And, and if they want to play uh, and they're not guaranteed a playing time this fall and they've been in the program for a few years, it might be time. Unlike some of these bums with the basketball program just hanging out on a free meal. <laughs> We got to usher these other guys out the door. Let's go. Uh, Monday night smash. Ira, uh, what time? You and Tom, I believe, 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock. Check us out on Wartan TV, YouTube, and uh, bring questions because we're uh, you guys drive the show. We answer your questions. There you go. Fire away.
Be good, brother. Talk to you later. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's IrishFL, Warchant.com. Yeah, I'm going to go over the four and a half because I think he just hit the nail on the head in talking about some of the players that have been here for a few years and they're not where they need to be on the depth chart. They're not providing really anything for you at this point and they're three years in. Uh, I Again, it's never it's not personal. I mean, I'll tell you when it's personal. This isn't personal at all, but you've got some offensive linemen on this roster that we need to take it on down the road. I mean, there, there's some guys that come on now. Who who are we kidding? That's not the only position group. But, but that's there's well, there's like three candidates I can think of right now. I'm sure you can. Very specifically, yeah. So that's three right there, and I'm about four and a half for the number. I'm taking the over, Tom. Yeah, I would take the over as well. There you go. Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't I name him. I didn't name him. He can't get upset. I'm I thinking of three guys between the numbers like <laughs> 55 and 61. <laughs> And they're only odd numbers. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. No, no, no. There's some guys that very. If you just put the roster in front of you, I'll be like, kakak, 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 kakak. Go, 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 go. Got a home for you at Marshall. Got a home for you at Furman. Yeah. Got a home for you over. I, yeah. I think it's. I think I would set the over under at probably six and a half. I think it's going to be high because there are going to be players that you don't want to lose. I, I just think that's going to be the standard. Yeah, but I think there's going to be a player you don't want to lose that you were going to lose. Yeah, that's my point. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing saying, with yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So on top of the guys that right. are, are seeing the force for the trees, there's right. going to be a player or two who go, are you kidding me? Why? Yeah, that's going to that suck. That doesn't make sense. Well, and I'll tell you right now, Tom, that's exactly how I feel more and more every day that goes by with Malik McLean. He would be the number two right now that we're oh. trying to find. He would easily be the number two, and damn it. Goodbye, number two. Yeah, it stinks because he, I mean, I get it. I don't resent it. But damn it, man, that guy would be clearly the two, in my opinion. He was emerging. He was emerging. He would be the two. That would set everything up for you. God, doggy. I like what I'm seeing out of Kentron, though. I'm going to keep pumping that every time this comes up. I like what I'm seeing out of Kentron. Solid. Game changer? No. But solid. And you need a possession receiver as your second because you have enough guys that can go over the middle. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think Kentron can do it. I don't think Biscuit's going anywhere, Kayvon. I don't think he's going anywhere, man. Biscuit plays a lot. Biscuit's I, good. I think he's still going to be heavily in that rotation. He's heavily involved. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. They got three tight ends right now that you feel really good about. Four that'll play a lot. So. Plus, Biscuit is going to pay off next year, too. So He's a beast. Yeah. You're going to be heavily in the rotation this year. You're going to draw a lot of good matchups because there are too many other dudes to cover. So, Biscuit was already winning one-on-ones towards the end of the year. He was a bit of a revelation. He's only going to get better situations to catch the ball and do some things with it because Bell's on the field or Morlock. What and a nightmare if you're a corner or a safety and that big son of a gun catches it out there in space and you're like, oh, really? And then I got to come up and tackle that dude. And then next year is his feature year. He's 270 pounds out here. Fleet of foot. This is problematic. Nobody wants that. That's the turf monster gets you. Biscuit will give you the gravy. Ooh. Ooh. A little little tweak in the hamstring right before I could get there. (laughs) He should shout as he's running towards the safety. That is diminutive. Oh. Here comes gravy. (laughs) He's a big, big, big man. That's uh, that's no good. That's no good. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. 
Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. See this ancient river bad sea. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. So I, uh, before we get to probables and all that good stuff today, you saw, just can't have nice things in Pittsburgh. Damn it, man. I was so mad. I was watching when it happened. You, you, you lose your best player. You got like one good player. You got two. Ryan Reynolds is really good too. Leads baseball in home runs, by the way. Mr. Reynolds does. Uh, but yeah. You know, O'Neal Cruz, basically gone for the year. Okay. Grand opening, grand closing. We were 6-3. and three. So frustrating. When are you getting that Korean corner uh, infielder back? So we got Jaywon Bay back. He's 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 playing now. Oh, what got, about Gong? Gong is, Gong's never coming back. Gong's got, he's a serial drunkard who ran into some real issues over there. And, uh. Those issues are him crashing cars on a monthly basis. So that was the end of that. He was good. So the U.S. said, uh, "No, you can stay there." It was, was it? No, he was, was charged it? with a felony, and then he had a second one, and it just it, things got just tough. We but couldn't get it back in. This country was saying, eh. <laughs> "Yeah, we were like, okay, you're you're done dealing." He was a good player. He was a good player. That's a shame. Yeah, so now Rodolfo Castro is going to have to start for uh, O'Neill Cruz. Great, great. There we go. Not exactly an above replacement player. That is the most dictatorial name I've ever heard in my life. Rodolfo Castro? Yeah. Yeah. I just am so pissed, man. He's played well. Cruz has been on base 19 straight games dating back to last year. Because he's young, his plate appearances initially were either they were feast or famine, strikeout or home run type thing, right? Hits the ball, you know, really, really hard. He's fun to watch. He's six, seven shortstop, can run like the wind blows, cannon for an arm, all those things. But his ABs weren't great. You were always kind of like, well, making four strikeouts tonight, could have a 495 foot home run that's out on here on a rope, but you know, you never know. Now his ABs are good. He's getting on base every, you know, like, this, we're winning games. There's some things happening. This is the kind of guy who could fetch us seven prospects <laughs> yeah. when we got to trade him in three years. Yeah. It's so infuriating. But this is where we're at. This is what happened to me. I watched that whole thing play out. I went, okay. Of course. he. It could. You know, I did the thing where you feel bad. You're like, well, why couldn't Rodolfo Castro get hurt? Why does it have to be O'Neal Cruz? There are a lot of guys on that roster that would be like, oh, what a shame. So-and-so's out. Why couldn't that happen to Chase Utley as he's in the grocery store? Oh, right. You know? So frustrating. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's a long season, Tom. Got to be able to withstand injuries. We're so paper thin that uh, we can't. We cannot withstand injuries. So that's, that's what happens. Our friends at Power Mill helping your kids, boys and girls, motivating athletes, focusing on baseball and softball. Softball, excuse me. Speaking of softball, how about that domination over Clemson? Man. Well done, ladies. That is some sweepage, and you could tell how much it meant to Clemson mm. to salvage the final game of the series. Outstanding alert base running from third by Mudge. Beautiful. Oh, man. That was fun. 
It was a fun weekend. Uh, specific tools to reach their potential. That's what you're looking at, Coach, to provide your kids. And whether they're going to go on to be pro baseball players or just really good in Little League, whatever it might be, Power Mill Training Academy can help them do just that. Top-notch instruction, and we thank them for sponsoring Probables. And if you would, Tom, let's get to. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, Probables? One to nothing, Minnesota leads the White Sox. Dylan Cease, Kentameda. Starters are Yankees Guardians, Domingo Herman, and Shane Bieber. A's, Orioles, J.P. Sears, Kyle Gibson. My aforementioned Pirates welcome in the reigning world champions. Astros at Buckos, PNC Park, Frombert Valdez. Roancy Contreras goes for the Buckos. Red Sox, Rays. The Rays are undefeated. Projected 162-0. Nick Pavetta and Jalen Beeks goes there for the Rays. Marlins, Phillies, Sandy Alcantara. Or Alcantara, as they call him. Matt Strom goes for the Phillies. Padres, Mets, you Darvish, Max Scherzer. Your Mets are just stumbling around at 5-5. Five and five. Take the team total over on the pods. Scherzer's got velocity issues, brother. Mm. Reds, Braves, Graham Ashcroft, Bryce Elder. I'm going to put the mortgage on the Padres over on runs, Tom. Getting after it. Mariners, Cubs, Luis Castillo, Drew Smiley, Royals, Rangers, Zach Greinke, Andrew Haney, Cardinals, Rockies, Steven Matz, Herman Marquez, Nets, Angels, Patrick Corbin, Jose Suarez, Brewers, D-backs, Wade Miley, Zach Gallon, and finally, Dodgers, Giants, Julio Rios, Logan Webb, and that's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. My apologies to Josie Muffley. She was the one who was staring it down for the third and deciding run. Oh, okay, sweep. yeah. That bothered me the moment I said it. I was like, that wasn't much. What the hell was wrong with you? We fix. AP Top 10 has FSU at 7, LSU at 6, Clemson at 8, says Briley. All right. It's going to be a battle. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great night. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.